Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to an emergency episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined by Eva Toba and Justin Southwell. And I'm just going to get right to it, guys. What the heck is happening right now? Since we last recorded, chaos has broken out with the Oklahoma State football team. So we felt the need to address that in an emergency episode today. What in the world is going on? Uh, look, I t- I'll tell you right now, I had a chance to have a pretty uh, significant conversation with one of the players on the team. I don't want to say who it is. Uh, he wanted me to keep it private. And um, I will say he is a significant piece to the culture, um, or at least what you want the culture to be at Oklahoma State, an impact player, a starter. And he was just telling me how there is a huge disconnect between the locker room and the coaching staff right now, right? I mean, you look at three receivers entering the transfer portal, like in the span of 24 hours, I think a defensive tackle entered the transfer portal as well. Like all this stuff is happening and you just got to think to yourself, where's the leadership? You know, where is the leadership? You talk about, I mean, we all already kind of know that Gundy is not necessarily a player's coach, good manager of his coaches. But now it seems like even that is going kind of haywire because the players feel like they can't talk to their position coaches because they lose trust after conversations with their position coaches. And whenever they want to talk to Gundy about it, well, he's nowhere to be found. So everything just kind of feels like it's blowing up. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed like the Oklahoma State world was lit on fire yesterday. I mean, Twitter, message boards, just a mass freakout because of a mass exodus. And like, you hear rumors and try to connect the dots in your mind as far as what's happening. And we might even address some of those rumors on this show. But the fact of the matter is, we don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, it's frustrating because you would love to hear from leadership, coaches, or players as far as what the heck is happening right now. But I have a feeling if you were to ask the coaches and ask the players and we could hear both of them talk about what's going on, I think we would hear two different stories. Yeah, I agree. And like, agree. just like what you were talking about, Eve, there's a huge disconnect and that starts at the top, like that responsibility falls on head coach Mike Gundy. And I had a thought this morning. I don't know if it's true, obviously, but my thought was this the transfer portal has a window that's open until January 18th. I think maybe what's happening is Gundy is testing his players to see who wants to be here 
and who wants to leave? It's easy for people to buy in, right? Whenever you're winning 10 to 12 games a year, but whenever you have injuries that pile up, things don't go according to plan. You have a seven win season. You've got maybe some coaching changes on the horizon. We're going to find out who wants to be here, who wants to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy, and who wants to just jump in the portal and be part of another program. And I think once that window closes is when I believe we'll hear announcements about coaching changes. Um, But I think that maybe part of that is just a test to really find out who is buying in and who wants to be here. I... I like that theory to an extent. However, if you are in fact, well, I like your theory. I think that's a very good mindset. I, I, I don't like if that's what's happening, if that makes sense, because I think that, you know, my parents, when I grew up, I played a lot of sports. I did a lot of activities and it was, if you, you know, I remember I signed up for basketball one year and I was like, I hate this. Like, well, you got to see it through. You got to finish the camp. And, you know, I signed up for swim team one year and I did not like it. And the only reason I got out of it was because I had walking pneumonia and I was like, I physically cannot swim right now. Um, but it was sort of like, you see it through. And that's kind of how I look at sports. It's like, if you don't, but at this level, it's different. And people are trying to play to the next level. They're trying to be happy. And, I, you know, we had a conversation when Lane was on the show about is the transfer portal good or bad? Do people leave too soon? Do they not know how to face adversity? But I think that players deserve to know who they're going to be coaching coached by next year, because maybe you don't have a relationship with that person. Maybe if Casey Dunn is leaving, you want to see where he ends up so you can go with him if he's the guy that recruited you. So I think transparency in this situation is really important if I'm trying to make an informed decision on where I'm going to play football for the next two, three, four years. Transparency is a hundred percent agree. Yeah. But yeah. like I said, just a thought, I don't know if that's actually the case or anything, but that was kind of like the initial thought that crossed my mind after the kind of the dust settled from everybody jumping in the portal <laughs> yesterday. And you got to think like, shoot, and like try to keep some of these guys. Cause now we're starting to see maybe a lot more talent jumping in. That would be a lot tougher to replace at this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, the fact of the matter is we haven't been good enough at recruiting or at retaining in order for us to be testing anything out, especially when you're talking about a jacked up culture right now. Some information that I got from somebody else um, within the program, they said that there was a players only meeting that was called during the season. I want to say it was after one of the losses. I think he said it was after the TCU loss. Players only meeting gets called only half of the players actually show up. So it's not just that there's a disconnect between the coaching and 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 the locker room. But it seems like there's not a ton of great communication even happening within the locker room. Now, granted, there were a ton of injuries that ended up taking place shortly after that. And there's only so much you can do whenever, you know, so much of your roster is actually depleted. But I mean, there there are so many different issues and you would think that it would be worthwhile to try to at least bridge the gap, bring everybody in the same room and communicate. But John Paul Richardson goes into the transfer portal and a lot of people were blindsided. A lot of folks didn't even know. And from what I hear is once somebody hits the transfer portal, the coaching staff and the staff, like they just kind of start looking at that individual sideways. Like they don't even like, even if there's a whisper about a transfer portal, they immediately write that player off and nobody actually tries to re-recruit that individual. And we're honestly just not talented enough to not do that, to, to not have those conversations. I think communication is the biggest thing. I mean, when I when I left my job at ESPN, I told no one 
until I told my bosses. And I was like, I, I was like, I need to call these five people and tell them because I don't want to, them to hear it through the grapevine. I don't want them to be like, oh, do you hear Meg's leaving? And it's like, no, that needs to come from me. You need to hear it from me. And I'm not saying that John Paul Richardson or whoever entered, entered the portal didn't have these things, but coaches should be having these conversations with their players. Gundy should be sitting down and talking to the team and he should hear it from the and, and be a part of that conversation. I mean, I don't think anyone was blindsided when I left because I was very vocal about this is currently not a good fit for me and I'm looking for a place that is a better fit. And that's what these conversations should be having. So while people might've been surprised to be like, wow, you're, it's, it's finally happening. It's actually happening. I don't think anyone was completely shocked by that, but I feel like that's what's happening with Oklahoma state. Like everyone entered the portal and all of a sudden a week after the bowl game, John Paul Richardson and Bryson green and Stefan Johnson, who was a huge part of that bowl game. He had the 80 something yard touchdown run. They're all leaving like, wow, these are the future of the program. And like, wait, wait a second. Our playmakers aren't here anymore. And I think I read a stat that like of the, 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 the receivers and the offensive players who are leaving accounted for like 75% of our points scored. Holy crap. Like that's, 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 that's a lot of a percent. I mean, you know, granted that, (laughs) that includes your starting quarterback. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it might inflate some of those, but I mean, nevertheless, that's huge. Yeah, it was. I was reading that, and I was like, "That's that's problematic. That's not one guy leaving who can make a difference. No, there I can count like five guys who are leaving who could make a, a clear difference. And I don't know if anybody. I mean, you guys, Justin, I think you sent us the Oklahoma article by Jacob Unruh about Trace Ford. If for those who have not read that article, and if you were miffed by Trace Ford's decision to leave, read that article. It should probably change your mindset. After he made his decision, coaches didn't reach out to him. No one reached out to him about what he did. And to me, like a good boss, a good coach will want the best for their players. And even if it's not with them, even in a relationship, if you love somebody, you're like, if it's not me, I want you to be happy. You know, that's just like what a good person does. And I feel like that wasn't the case with Trace Ford. And he made a decision because he felt that, oh, you could give him what Oklahoma State couldn't. And that's also like, that's problematic that we don't have the fundamental things to help build him into a draft worthy NFL player. I said in the last episode, we were talking about the different recruiting ideas. Connection to the program is so important. So when you talk about nobody reaching out to Trace Ford when he was leaving, what the heck is that? How do I feel connected to that? You know, if I spend three or four years at one program and I spend one year at a different program, but that one year means more than those three seasons, that's a really freaking huge issue, right? So I hope that Honestly, that this will be the launching pad. Like it almost seems like things had to blow up a little bit. Like things had to get caught on fire for there to be significant changes. And you're hearing a whole bunch of different rumors about the AD and the president having conversations with Gundy, having conversations with each other and playing good cop and bad cop. And nobody knows what is true. But one thing that is true is that there is absolutely uh, a disconnect between players and the program. I mean, as far as coaching stuff goes, you know, no announcements have been made on uh, who is or is not going to be with us next season. That being said, we didn't have time to talk about it in our last episode, but you look at what TCU did when TCU let go of Gary Patterson, when Gary, Gary Patterson and TCU parted ways last season, it was a shock. 
he was the TCU program. He had been there for, okay. I think, almost 20 years. It was a shock. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then in comes Sonny Dykes. And they were un unranked. And now they are playing for a national championship on Monday. So everyone who was out there, and again, I'm not calling for people's jobs. I'm not saying fire everybody. No, I don't make those decisions. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm just laying out scenarios. And everyone's out there saying, you're not going to get better than Gundy. Well, I guarantee you people down in Fort Worth were saying you're not going to get better than Gary Patterson. And they're on the verge of a national championship. So right. I think everything needs to be considered in terms of what needs to be done to fix this program. And I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about culture and retaining players and getting people to want to be here. Yeah. I mean, I think this is something that goes back to even whenever, you know, Justin and I were at Oklahoma state, you take a look at, you know, we had some good relationships with some of our coaches there, but you know, while we were there, um, it's not like we talked to Gundy on a regular basis. In fact, I could, I, I would even go as far as saying I was probably one of the only players that had regular conversations with Gundy it's because I initiated them, right? I went and I was, you know, the president of the student athlete advisory committee. So on a regular basis, I would tell them about some of the things that are going on and what I wanted to address with, uh, what I wanted to address the football team with, right? So those were the, the talking points. And then after I graduated, he actually wrote me a letter after I got a job telling me congratulations. And then there were two or three different instances where Gundy and I were in the same room in the same event. And I went up to him and I was just like, hey, coach, how are you doing? And he actually knew, he was like, hey, how's it going down in Miami? Or, hey, how's it? I heard that this is I'm like, yo, I didn't I didn't know that he knew this much about me. Right. And I was pleasantly surprised. And I would love if more players would be pleasantly surprised about just how much Coach Gundy may know about them personally, because he doesn't strike me as a guy who just doesn't care about his players. But for whatever reason, the players just don't have the relationship. And that honestly, that sucks, especially whenever you're looking at a Sonny Dykes who it seems like is having interviews with every single one of his players whenever the regular season ended, right? They're all hanging out in his office and you see the videos going going viral on Twitter. You're just like, man, that makes you a little bit jealous. Now, I mean, with that being said, there aren't a ton of Sonny Dykes just walking around all the way to where you could hire them and replace your program. But I mean, Megan, you're absolutely right. All things have to be considered at this point. Yeah, I'll say this about Sonny Dykes and I'll tie it a little bit back to Gundy, right? Because uh, Gundy has gotten a lot better over the years, I think, of being very like in the middle. It's never too high, never too low. And to an extent, I like that. And to another extent, I, I don't want to see that in my head coach. <laughs> like whenever he first got started, it seemed like in the earlier years, what we saw was I'm like, a man, Gundy I'm getting like fired up, you know, like legit, like, Veins popping from his neck, yelling at referees for whatever reason, fans love that stuff. Okay. <laughs> and like, that's, it was the same thing with like Eddie Sutton, you know, you'd hear Gundy chants and Eddie chants because the fans have got your back. Now what we're seeing is coach Gundy just kind of standing nonchalant on the sidelines, crosses his arms. And every once in a while, we'll see something like a little bit of a flare, but I can tell you this about Sonny Dykes back to him. I can tell he cares a lot about winning based yeah. on what I've seen on him on the sidelines. And I was annoyed by it at first, especially watching against Oklahoma state. Cause I was like, what is this guy doing? Right. But the more I thought about it, I was like, would I want my head coach to do that? And I think the answer is yes, just because 
if nothing else, that shows that you care. And it's hard to say, I don't, I don't want to say that Gunny doesn't care, but it's hard to say like, oh yeah, Gunny cares whenever he's just standing just on the sideline with his arms crossed, you know, and that's kind of the, the sentiment that I have about all of that right now. Now yelling at the refs, what does that accomplish? Probably not much. Player, you have your players backs. That's what that accomplishes. You have sure. your players backs. I mean, I'm sure the refs don't appreciate it. Um, and I guess I will say this for the OSU game against Sonny Dykes. Um, he was losing his mind about the, the, um, substitution substitution rule and then it got changed like midway through the game so maybe it does accomplish some things in, in that regard but yeah i would like to see a little bit more of that from gundy if anything else like just so i know the fire's still there that he still cares yeah and isn't it surprising doesn't it seem like we're the last team in the country to announce any type of coaching changes or staff changes like people late. were doing that at the end of november you know we're 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 in 2023 now and and nothing has come out so everybody's just out, like we don't know what is going on to justin's point about the yelling on the sideline i mean i think like i, I said it, it shows that you have your players back so if you watch the peach bowl and you looked at ryan day ryan day was fired up about anything and everything he was pumped for his players the good the bad the ugly and even you on the nfl level the first coach that comes to my mind will a is pete carroll and b recently this season especially is nick sirianni from the eagles and he's given his players chest bumps he's like he's like on the bench you know waving his shirt he's crazy and to me if i'm a player i want to play for a coach like that i want to play for a coach who's fired up maybe don't get in their face and yell and i think i think it was actually dabo sweeney in their bowl game against Tennessee, their kicker missed like three kicks. And instead of getting in his face at yelling at him, he was coaching him up on the sideline. He's like, you know, you got this. It's okay. And there, there's a balance of, you know, if a player messes up, don't necessarily get in their face and yell at them. They know they messed up, but tell them how they can do better. Tell them how they can fix it. Say, you know, not your fault on to the next. And I, you don't see really any of that from Gundy. So it's just people know how that's how he is, but is it effective is what I wonder. Yeah. I mean, he, he empowers his coaches a ton, his coordinators, his position coaches, and he, he lets his coaches have those conversations with their players, but there is something to the head guy being the person that has those conversations with those players, being the person that shows the emotions on the sideline. There's one voice, every Oklahoma state game, you can always hear it through the TV screen. There's always one coach and that's coach, coach glass. glass. Hey, he'll be in there saying, dig, 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 hey, drive, drive, drive. You hear it. You hear the passion. But you know what? I don't know if the, these are related, but every coach feels – every player feels comfortable talking to Coach Glass. You know, whenever you read the Trace Ford article, who did he say that he went and actually spoke to? Coach, coach Glass. Glass. The guy that I spoke to on the phone for an hour, he said that he had a conversation with Coach Glass, right? So Coach Glass is that guy who, yeah, I think he knows how to build a culture. He knows how to run a program. You just wish that you would see that all across the leadership. Here's my question to you guys. You both played on this team. The transfer portal was not a thing back in our day when we were back in college. Shows how old we are. But what would you do if this was happening on your team in your locker room? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I am definitely, everybody knows this, big Oklahoma State fan, totally bought in. And the reason that I had so much fun at Oklahoma State was because I, 
I had that energy every day. Buy, I, I was, I was a hundred percent bought in. Any chance I could get, I would be, you know, front and center in the circle around the coach at, at the end of practice um, to listen to what he had to say. Um, I would expect that from other guys, especially scholarship guys, um, because they are paying for you to be there. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of the time, some of those guys just really don't know how good they have it. And then they do start to think that the grass is greener elsewhere. And I, I would really just as, as often as I could talk to the guys on the team, figure out what's going on in their head at this point and just let them know, like it's, it really isn't like, this is where it can be like, this is where the grass is greenest and like, just really have a heart to heart with those guys. Um, and really just want them to, to get on my level as far as being bought in and have that same energy, because that's powerful. That's what's, that's what wins games. And, uh, that's, that's, I would do everything that I could for somebody that just cares so much about Oklahoma state football to make sure that those guys, uh, stayed and were were bought in yeah justin i think you hit the nail on the head because there really are a ton of players that care that are still a part of the program but as the old saying goes people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so with that said i think you assign a leadership uh council a leadership committee offense defense special teams two players each one player each however it is that you want to do it but you have weekly meetings with those players or monthly meetings with those players so they can get a good pulse of what the locker room is thinking what it is as coaches that we could be doing better it's almost like a, a culture pulse right like pulse check how are things going um within the locker room so that we make sure that there's not this type of disconnect and miscommunication ever again eve we got to get you on this football staff somehow but uh we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later um, the, the one last thing I'm going to say on this, because obviously this is going to be a developing story the next week. We'll see where players land. We'll see what happens with coaching changes, anything like that. So this topic, we will be talking about this for a while, I have a feeling. But the last thing I'm going to say about it is that perception is reality. And that is one of the biggest life lessons I have learned. It does not matter what is actually going on in the locker room. It appears as though it is a dumpster fire. So that is the reality. It, and I think that that's something that, you know, back to Gundy on the sideline, perception on the sideline he doesn't really care so that's the reality that people see in their head so how do we fix the perception to improve the reality to change the but reality straight up 100 agree and i don't think there's another organization that people watch that it matter perception matters more than anything than it does in college football perception across the country for as far as recruiting, what your program is, how your program is viewed by fans, the media, perception is everything in college football. And yeah, exactly what you're saying, like perception, reality. This is what we have right now. And it's, it's, it's sad. I mean, uh, a lot of it can be fixed, I believe. Um, and a lot of that has to do with community up front and um hopefully we start to see that in the next few weeks yeah it'll take some drastic changes but you're absolutely right perception is reality couldn't say it any better i do want to end on a positive note for oklahoma state um or some some brighter news 
Uh, Denny Kellington, that name, if you don't know that name, learn that name. He was the Bills assistant athletic trainer who administered CPR to DeMar Hamlin after he went into cardiac arrest on Monday night during the Monday night football game. Denny is an OK State alumni, and we throw around, oh, my hero, my hero. Denny Kellington is an actual hero. We are incredibly thankful for your swift action, and I just want to say that we are so proud to have you in the Cowboy family. Heck yeah. yeah. Once I saw that, I was like, man, that is, that is so stinking cool. Like, I love I love that. Um, and obviously, it's still developing the story, um, but it sounds like, you know, he's he's making a quick-ish recovery, and he's um, – <laughs> Like he he asked if they won the game, and so that's that's a great sign to know. Like one, he's you know getting back at it, but two, like it's him. You know, it's it's his memory and everything, and his his spirit, his soul. And so that whenever I heard that, that just uh, gave me so much joy. So yeah, I mean, if, if I'm walking down the street and I go in a car like i'm probably not gonna make it right there's no trained like training staff around me um and 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 putting on an nfl game is such a huge undertaking Seventy thousand fans so many things are happening with production with tv i mean megan you've seen it behind the scenes with you like there's so many things that are going on and for denny kellington to go out there remember his training go out there saved this guy's life like i said if i was out on the street and i had one i wouldn't make it he saved this man's life and i'm so grateful for that and uh, it's so cool that he's actually you know he's one of ours and go pokes for that yeah so thank you denny demar our thoughts are with you we are glad that you are slowly improving so but hey, and i do have to say one other thing as far as good news is concerned. So right, as we'll of take it. 13, 14 minutes ago, Ollie Gordon tweeted, he's got the location icon and then a cowboy emoji next to that with a picture of him in a, and in the bowl uniform. So it looks like Ollie Gordon, the star running back that we all want to see come back and be bought in. It looks like he is. So that is some great news if I've ever seen good news in the last couple of days, let's <laughs> run. Unless I hope it doesn't mean the Wyoming Cowboys, you know, cause they also call themselves. Folks. <laughs> Please no. no I'm kidding. Ollie's probably saying, I saw a tweet about that earlier, but with that, thank you for listening to another episode of the believe in OK state podcast presented by bet online. I am Meg joined by Justin and Eve. Once again, hopefully next week we have some, positive news and less chaos within the program but uh yeah thanks for tuning in to this special episode and as always go pokes go pokes baby love you guys let's go go pokes hey we're gonna turn this thing around baby go pokes